Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome, everyone. Thursday, June 8th, 2023. I am your host, Mike Avenir, of course, and I'm alongside my main man, Pop TV Aussie. Hope everyone is having a good week. Hopefully it's not too smoky wherever you reside, from Chicago down to Philadelphia, up the coast, down the coast, D.C., Carolinas, New York City, got some cancellations. And ultimately, I think anybody who's a a true sports fan or a fan of horse racing is looking ahead 48 hours from now for the Belmont Stakes. And that update, Richard Migliori, Naira guy from Fox Sports, he is right now in a meeting as we speak in Manhattan to figure out what they're going to do for this weekend. Pops, obviously, you got to do right by the animals and by the jockeys, but also by the fans, too. I mean, do you want to put on an event where half the people aren't going to come because they don't want to be sitting in a smoke-filled environment? You know, if that's the case, you want full capacity. You want beer lines. You want excitement. You don't want a half-ass event. I'm kind of thinking you got to move this thing over, man. What do you think, Pop? I think that, you know what, at the end of the day, they'll be fine. Because if the Yankees in the um, the Yankees played at home today, they're dealing with the same, they're in the same place as um, as the Belmont. So I'm thinking to myself that this should open up just a little bit for us on Saturday. And it's only a few hours. It's not like it's going to be, they're going to be out there for 24 hours or anything like that. I think that when it's all said and done, they'll go ahead and they'll do these races. They'll they'll still have a a, a good crowd there, in my now, opinion. Just for, just for reference, everyone, the Yankees did play as Pop said, but the Nationals postponed. Uh, but like you said, Pop, you know uh, where where Belmont is located isn't that far from the Bronx, relatively speaking. So maybe the situation is worse down in D.C. I don't know. The other thing you got to consider, too, is this. The fires haven't been put out yet. Right. And, you know, D.C., you know, they played yesterday, the Diamondbacks and the uh, Nationals. So I'm guessing that the quality got really bad as the day progressed, but they still played yesterday. So, you know, that's what I'm looking at in the sense is that I say, you know, I really I'm with the idea that the race is going to go on. That's the idea that I have, is that the race is going to go on and we're going to go from there. Um, That's how I'm looking at it, you know, and and I think that's exactly the right idea, you know, is to say that, okay, the race should be going on and we can go from there and um, we'll see exactly where we go. Um, If we talked about who I who I like early in this race. I like Forte. I think Forte, he's the big horse here. 
and um, he he's he he's ready for his big moment. You know, he had to sit out um, these prior races. You know, and you know, came up a little short. National Treasure is a big big commodity there. This is probably the best race out the Triple Crown that we've had in all three of them because we have all these graded stakes winners who all had a lot of hype coming into to their three-year-old seasons as well, too. So it's going to be a really, really good race to see how the future looks in uh, the three-year-old department because this just sets up for, you know, a great um, Breeders' Cup Classic. And hopefully me and Mike will be sitting next to each other in fall at Santa Anita watching that race uh together as well too hopefully absolutely that would be a beautiful thing so let's just go on the assumption that they're going to run the race okay okay uh you're leaning towards Forte kind of sounds like he's uh he's your guy or what are you thinking I just think Forte just he really just crushes the west coast I mean the east coast he's he's a New York course so I think that he'll do big at home. And, you know, they always love the New York horses just a little bit more on that day. And I think that they'll have a big, big moment um, with the uh, races for that day. I just feel like it's going to be a great finish. I feel like we're going to get a finish where they're going to really duel to win this race. You know what I mean? And I keep it real. That I've been, I've seen some really exciting Belmonts because we were able to have Belmonts where California Chrome was chasing the Triple Crown and um, my favorite Silver Charm and Charismatic literally kind of breaking down on the stretch, you know, all that stuff, man. I I remember all those those great moments and great races that came down to these horses having to win this big race. Or by the time it was all said and done, you know, they lose the Preakness, everything like that. Some big horse that everybody's been waiting to, to have his moment steps up and has his moment, you know. And those are beautiful things because those horses, usually when you do really well in the Belmont, you usually are moving on to the Classic. And this is like pretty much the pinnacle of the three-year-old season once you get to Belmont to, to really confirm, are you one of those horses? Are you just another horse that's going to be just going through the uh, rank, rings of just racetracks? You know what I mean? Are you going to be a horse that's going to be a prize horse? Or are you going to be a horse that's just going to be running for the rest of its life? You know, that's a lot. It's a, it's a telltale story with that. Right. Absolutely. I think that, uh, I'm siding with Baffert once again, man. I think the guy, I think, look, I think the guy had something to, to really, really say when it came to the Preakness, it's a big F to the world. And he made sure to bring the right horse to do it. He even wants to do it more to the Naira circuit because they kicked him out. The Preakness didn't kick him out. Pimlico didn't kick him out. Naira did. And I think the best way to get one over on them is to win the Belmont Stakes. You know what I mean? And I think that that's like in terms of human connections, that's the that's the path I'm looking. Bob Baffert, National Treasure, all the way. I like it. How how would you um, how would you play this, Bob? Um, I would probably go ahead and put Forte on the top and then you go ahead. I'll put national treasure right behind him, And then I like, uh, tap it trice as well too. 
I will put him in the group as well. And then I want to throw in Hit Show. Hit Show is my long shot play. I think Hit Shows can be big, you know. And um, I think Red Route 1 is another really – is a horse you have to keep your eye on as well too because this could be one of those races where that horse that we didn't see coming comes, you know what I mean, and, and makes himself uh, and makes himself noticed. Um, one of my favorite runs of a race was Keen Ice, the way that he was able to run down American Pharaoh at Saratoga. I thought that was an amazing, amazing, amazing way. And Keen Ice was all over the uh, Derby Trail. So that's what some of these horses remind me of. They remind me of Keen Ice. Wow, James Lonely has a TV job. My bad, Mike. I, I know I kind of jumped the gun a little bit, but I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Dodgers post game show, and I Are thought you talking they, about the, the former Dodger I, first baseman. Yeah, I thought they just mentioned James Loney, but he's actually on the broadcast. That's that's what's up. Okay, better okay. than Dontrell Willis, the guy who never played for the Dodgers in the first place. I love me some Dontrell, man. I think I do crazy. too. It's just he never played for the Dodgers, though. No. And the way no. that he talks about the Dodgers is if he was a part of the team, I'd be like, bro, he wasn't there. Juan was there, but you wasn't there. Right. But when it comes down to Don Trell, Don Trell is a guy that if he didn't get hurt, he would have been probably up there with the top 20 pitchers of all time. Remember when he came up? Oh, yeah, that was amazing. When, when he came up, man, he was electric. Well, that's I mean, he was that's the biggest God. reason for that. That's the biggest reason for that World Series. Juan Pierre, um, Juan Pierre, Dontrell yeah. Willis, Cabrera, Cabrera. But we always forget about Luis Castillo, the yeah. two-hole hitter who was absolutely yeah. a gem. Cabrera was still a young player. Mike Lowe was really the man. You know, Cabrera was still young. He was still a young puppy at the time. So he contributed, but Mike Lowe was like the biggest thing for them in that group. Right. And then you can't never forget what Beckett did. You know, Beckett was electric. Period. Beckett point. was. And then another clutch, solid hitter, wasn't like a superstar, was uh, Jeff Conai. The guy would come up with some clutch hits, too. Jeff Conai was a Marlins lifer. He was a part of the Marlins off top. He was a part of their original, uh, you know, roster. Yeah, Jeff Conine was was a very key figure to what they were doing. I, I I really don't remember him being there though at that time, but he possibly he probably was because I know he was there a part of the '97 team because a lot of those guys weren't the weren't the same um, from that group. Like they literally had a literally were the only team to pretty much win with with a bunch of guys who were kind of scrap heap players and a lot of minor leaguers. And was they, that the team with Sheffield? Was Sheffield uh, on that team? Was Sheffield on that team? Um, Gary Sheffield was on the teams earlier because you got to understand Sheffield came to the Dodgers in the Piazza deal. Right. From what I remember. And I think Sheffield played and that was right before that was the '97 season, wasn't it? I think so, man. I got. We got. Go back and look. We need to. We. I really wish we had the third. I would really wish we had the pencil pushing guy in the studio that can go ahead and stat boy or whomever and can bring that up for us. 
But I right. just totally jumped off the rails, though. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. In fact, you know, let's look that up. We're about to take a break. Our guy is asking uh, if we're ready to do so, even though we had a little bit of a late start. Let's take a break. Let's look that up. We'll come back. We'll talk more about the 97 championship Marlins team and the rest of the current 2023 baseball talk right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device including amazon alexa and google home through streams with apple podcasts tune in and iHeartRadio. listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast hey alexa play finding your frequency podcast if that doesn't work try adding on tune in or on iHeartRadio or on apple podcasts have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the second segment of the Mike Abadir Show featuring Pop DiBiase. We were just talking about. Some historic baseball teams. I want to jump into the current situation in baseball, which is that we are still seeing the Rays playing at a very high level. But how about those Diamondbacks, man? I know you're going to tell me you're not worried about them. And you shouldn't be. Because the Dodgers is kind of going through like a fluky slump and blowing games and stuff like that. I still think that they need to solidify their closer position. What do you think? This is my third show today. This is the third time I said that the Dodgers got to stop the closer by committee situation. I'm not worried yet, but my thing is like this. It's time to start making some adjustments. And I think that the first adjustment that you need to make is you need to bring in quality pitchers for your bullpen. You got some guys. You got some good guys that you develop, but they are not what you want them to be at this point. 
you know, you're not running with the A squad right now. You got Trinan, who was absolutely spectacular a few years back. That guy has not been healthy for a while. Um, Grady all isn't pitching well anymore. Grady all was supposed to be the closer, but Grady all can't be trusted anymore because he's just a, a guy who can throw really f- can throw some heat, but it's a very inconsistent pitch. Doesn't have good. Mo- it's just moving around too much, and it keeps moving into the uh, batter's sweet spot. But they do have some um, hope with Scott Anderson. Really good player. He's really good himself. Um, also, I would say that you got Shelby Miller as well, too, who's coming along. And um, there's just some things that have to be fixed. But at the same time, too, they got to figure out how they're going to set up their middle relief in, in a sense as well, too. The Dodgers bullpen is just random. And that's what the biggest problem is with the Dodgers, in my opinion. You're just being so random with the pitching. And literally, you haven't set your pitchers in stone yet and that's why the Dodgers have not been as consistent as you want them to be but the craziest thing about the Dodgers is the Dodgers are still at the top of the National League at the end of the day them and Arizona are fighting for the number one seed in the National League at this point even though you still got the Braves sitting in the rearview mirror right on your bumper it's still a good little matchup that you got going on here between the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. And the Diamondbacks proved a big point last weekend when they took two out of three from the Braves. They showed that they're serious. It's not, this wasn't some some stuff where like the Pirates where they had a really great month and now things are starting to catch up with them because the Pirates for the great month, the Pirates had in April, they had an awful month in, in, um, May. Nobody you saw, everybody stopped mentioning them. They're still in second place, but that's because they had a great month of baseball. It takes a while for that for you to fall off a little bit in that regard. Because I like I said before, you I see since I see St. Louis and Chicago making their moves in the next few weeks. You know, they'll they'll start playing way better baseball than what they're playing right now. And I truly feel when it comes down to it. You have your you have your place where you have teams that need to really figure out exactly who they're gonna be. And the Dodgers know who they're gonna be. They just need to get things set in stone. And as I keep telling everybody, these this is what really builds a champion, a struggle season. The Dodgers have been so good at just getting into the front, being a front runner, being in the front of the pack, not having to look back, and then boom. Next thing you know, you get nipped on the wire, Mike. You ain't got no gas there at the last uh, quarter pole. Every time the Dodgers got to really scrape and fight to get themselves into the playoffs, they always get there, and then they can fight hard to get to that finish. And I feel like the Dodgers' best way to get to a World Series this year is to have a season where you're going to have to work for it just a little bit harder than you have the last few years. The Dodgers have been very fortunate to be a team that's won 100 games four out of the last five years or so. They got the best manager winning-wise in baseball at this point. Yeah, I know people talk all they want to about Dave Roberts, but does your manager win like him? No, he does not. So 
pretty much the Dodgers are ready to are in a full circle moment, in my opinion. They got the right veterans and Jason Hayward, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. These guys have been on World Series teams. These guys have won championships in this league. You got Clayton Kershaw. The the wise man now. He used to be the young the young puppy, the young boy, the eighteen year old uh, phenom. Now he's the 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 head of the the of the bullpen. You know what I mean? And he had a a, a straight clinic today. When you have that wealth of knowledge sitting in your dugout, you're never in trouble, in my opinion. The Diamondbacks don't have anybody like that in their um, dugout. So when it becomes the dog days of August. And you need somebody to turn to. The Diamondbacks don't have that, but the Dodgers do. And as long as the Dodgers keep going about their business, they'll be right where they want to be. We know Arizona even knows that they're kind of playing outer body right now. But they are still a very good team. And I talked about this on 30 teams in 30 days, that if you're going to expect any team in the West to really make a move this year, that's not named the Dodgers or the Padres or the Giants. It would be the Diamondbacks when I and I said and I felt like they were a better team going into the season than the Giants were. And as I said before, they had the right type of hitters on their team. The young hitters that you have, I already knew that uh, Kobe was going to be really good this year. I knew that Walker was going to be really good this year. And then guys like Pedromo have stepped up and been so clutch in big moments. So this team is special in their own little way, but they are still building something here. They're not all the way ready for the moment. They, they're they doing well now because they have everybody healthy. But it all depends on health, and it all depends on how you're going to be able to how you, how you adjust when they really can figure out what your biggest weaknesses are. And I feel like they haven't figured that part out with the uh, Diamondbacks yet, but it is coming soon. Right. And by the way, uh, speaking of guys that are coming on, uh, James McCarthy on the Diamondbacks, I mean, he was doing so poorly at the beginning of the year, they sent him down. Since he's been ca- called up, he's had like 10 steals <laughs> like in a week. Never seen anything like it since uh, like the days of Vince Coleman and Ricky Henderson. But this guy is swiping bags left and right. He's a speedster. Corbin Carroll, that guy flies around the bases. So the Diamondbacks are doing it with a lot of athleticism, a lot of really good hitters, a lot of really good fielders. Speaking of teams with good hitters and good fielders, we told everybody we were going to look up the Marlins so to confirm some of those roster uh, legends. So, yes, they had Jeff Conine. You mentioned Luis Castillo. We forgot about Edgar Renteria. He was fantastic. Bobby Bonilla was on that team. Moises Alou, Devon White, and indeed, Gary Sheffield had 21 home runs for them that year. Behind the dish, Charles Johnson. He manned a mean catcher spot. Uh, not many brothers have been playing catcher in the last 25 years, but he's the one. He, he held down the fort for the Marlins for a long time. Uh, they had some pretty good infielders, too, but I think it was mainly that outfield. But in the infield, Cliff Floyd. Mark Kotze, who we uh, see today uh, in his managerial role. Uh, and then a couple of key pitchers that we uh, we didn't have a chance to mention. Kevin Brown, the guy was a wizard. Al Leiter. And the guy that really carried them, Levon Hernandez with Rob Nen closing out games. That team is pretty stacked, man. 
And never forget about Craig Council, man. Craig Council, the guy that holds the bat uh, pointing to Jupiter. Man, if Craig Council doesn't hit that hit, the the Indians are celebrating, bro. You have to understand, I was a heavy Indians fan in 97. And I was a kid. I was still young. I was only 13. But I remember the game was on. And it felt, you know how, Mike, you get to that moment. You're two outs. You know the game's about to be over. You got two strikes. Everything is going the right way. It didn't even matter the guy was on second base, to be honest with you. It, it really didn't matter that Renarita was on second base because the Indy, because Mason's automatic, bro. Automatic at the time. When he gets in that situation, he usually strikes you out. I walked off for about eh, 15 seconds, took my eyes away from the screen because I was waiting, ready to come back and watch the celebration, right, Mike? Because that's what I was thinking. Man, you look up and, yeah, there's a celebration going on, but it's the Marlins celebration. And I'm just thinking that's one of the greatest finishes for a World Series top five, like, ever. You know what I mean? And you finish the World Series that way, absolutely incredible. But I always feel like the Marlins really stole that one. They had a talented group, but the Indians were a much better team. They they that 97 team was better than the 95 team. And that's crazy for me to say that because the 95 team was historic. So it's really just like, damn, damn, you know, again. And that was probably worse than the fumble, the 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 drive, all that stuff for Cleveland sports history. That one right there was ultimate because that was the world series, man. So, you know, and, I, I, and I'll say that that was probably the best Cleveland sports team in the history of Cleveland sports. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. That team was eroded. The best I'm going to keep it real to you. Cause I'm a little bit more well-versed in Cleveland history since I've been, you know, since my family, my father, all those people are from there. Their best sporting team ever was the 1964 Browns. I know that's not relevant to today, but the 1964 Browns were something special. Jim Brown won the MVP that year. They had um, Milt Plum, who was the all-pro quarterback. That, was, uh, that wasn't a, 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 a Paul Brown situation right there, even though Paul Brown was the coach to start that season off, but they fired him before the season started. And um, the 1964 champs were were remembered for a very, very long time. They were able to hold on to that, that, uh, that stigma of being the best team ever until the Cavs finally won in 2016. But I know what you mean by best team ever, probably not to win it. But all in all, I think they were the best Indians team of all time when it comes down to the Indians. Yeah, I hear you. I can't go there with the, with the Cleveland uh, from 64. Uh, they played like 10 games or whatever. I mean, it was totally different. There was maybe like one round of playoffs. They were very good. Uh, it's very hard to measure, that's for sure. And uh, obviously, the look, I don't think the Cavs were a great team. I think that that Indians team was a great team. You know, and in baseball, the best team doesn't always win. It's really too bad that they don't, they don't have a championship so they can really, really stick uh, their claim into what I just said. But in my heart of hearts, I do feel that that team was an all-time team. 
I think that team, if I were to rank top teams ever, I would have them ahead of a bunch of World Series winners. You know what I mean? Um, you know, but again, uh, everything that you're saying is true. Everything that you're saying is accurate. You know, um, I guess if you name the best baseball, basketball, football teams from Cleveland, those are the three. And, um, you know, again, I think we both are in agreement. It's uh, kind of a shame that they weren't able to win at all. I think they were a much better team than the Marlins, even. regardless of all the names that I mentioned with the Marlins. Indians were way more loaded. You know, Marlins just got hot at the right time. They got some timely hits. And, hey, that's what team sports are for, right? So um, back to 2023, however, AL East is still in beast mode. Can never talk about too much AL East. But before we shift out of the West, how about giving a little bit of love, I know painful for you to do, to the Giants? Giants have suddenly won several games in a row to put themselves two games above 500. They're only five out from the D-backs who are in first. D-backs are a game and a half ahead of the Dodgers. Um, and then the lowly fourth-place team is the Padres. Would have never thunk it, man. I would have never, ever thunk that a third of the way through the season – the Diamondbacks would be severely outplaying the Padres. I wouldn't have thought that the Giants would be outplaying the Padres. You know what I mean? So that's what makes this sport so great and dramatic, man. Um, because, look, let me ask you, what, what's a Giants strong suit? Pitching, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would say surviving because they were yeah. season. They were it was it, and you know what they did a good job about being middling. Like they would have a good game, then the next game they get torched. They have a good game, then the next game they get torched. They have a good game, then the next game they get torched, and then they started finding a little bit of consistency. You know what I mean? Because you know it, it, it's all about how you set up in certain moments of the season. I always gauge it on every ten games. You know what I mean? You got 162 games, so you would look at it like, okay, 16 times over. Let's see how they are in their last ten games. I think that we 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 take too much time worried about what teams are doing on a day-to-day basis and we don't gauge them on a 10 to 15 game basis in baseball. We can't really go game by game because you have a team that's the best team in the league and lose six in a row and they'll still be the best team in the league. You know what I mean? It's just because that's the, the nature of the situation at that moment. Now, you know, you got it to where you got a Giants team that saw that, you know what, we don't have to settle for just surviving. Let's go ahead and compete because the Dodgers are right there. I'm motivated. I see the Dodgers right in front of me. I'm motivated now. All they got to do is see the Dodgers. It's, it's like a, a racehorse that has a partner in the morning that he runs with. If he can spot him 10 links ahead, he's going to catch up with him. And that's how the Dodgers and Giants are always going to be vice versa. If I see the Giants ahead of me, and you're the Dodgers, I'm chasing you. If the Dodgers see the Giants ahead of them, I mean, it, it, you know what I mean. But if you see the, the Giants see the Dodgers ahead of them, they're going to chase them. 
And that's why the Giants are doing well this season. Giants had more expectations than they did this year. The Giants were supposed to duplicate what they did in 2021. They came nowhere near that last year. Now they don't have expectations just like they did when they won their three World Series as well, too. And now they're sitting up in here in third place in good position to possibly steal that playoff spot. Well, next time. Yeah, you're right. Well, I'll tell you what, man. After the break, I'm going to tell you why we haven't even mentioned the best two teams in baseball and who they are, why I think they are. Before we go to break, just want to make a quick mention of two things. The first one is the Red Sox, who are in last place in the AL East, have a better record than the division leader in the American League Central, the Minnesota Twins. So how about that, huh? The Red Sox in last place have a better record than a leader of a division. That's how beast mode the AL East is, man. It's just, it's just, it's going to be a fun summer. Second thing I want to say, if anybody wants to get in on some of the action, you know, maybe, uh, maybe some fantasy, but realistically throwing down a few uh, parlays here and there, hit up Pop DiBiase at Pop DiBiase on the Twitter. And uh, look up what he's got because he doles out some winners. He gives up uh, some free stuff. He has some pay stuff for the VIPs. Uh, but I'll tell you this much. You, you stick with him consistently. You're going to get everything from horse racing to basketball to baseball to football and beyond. So with that note, let's take our final commercial timeout. We'll come back right after the break. And I'll tell you who I think the best two teams that we haven't mentioned in baseball are. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. We're back on the Mike Abadir Show with Pop TV talking a lot of baseball because it's baseball season and I do want to circle back to the Belmont Stakes for a quick moment. And, and some NBA uh, Finals. And some NBA Finals. NBA Finals too. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, the that was epic last night. You know we got to talk about that. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. Pop gave out his exact uh, and, and kind of underneath plays, long shot possibilities underneath. I'm going to give you mine. I'm going to do one Exacta trifecta superfecta box one two three four one two three four. I think the inside is special at Belmont at a mile and a half. The one post historically has outrun the odds. Their odds in, in at Belmont. We take the one two three four. We're gonna box it. They're gonna do another one with National Treasure on top with the Tappet horses in second with all in the third leg. So. The only way to make some money is for Forte not to be in the top three. So I'm going to go ahead and play it and see how it rolls, man, because um, I'm not going to play it if I'm going to put Forte in there. What am I going to make? I'm going to bet 24 bucks to get back 18 No, thank you. So I'm going to play it that way. You know, hey, if it doesn't work out and Forte wins, God bless him. But I'll tell you something about Forte. I've seen some workout videos. Afterwards, during his cool down, when he's slowing down, it seems like he takes an awkward step way more frequently than I've ever seen a horse. I don't know if this horse is sound, man. I, I just a gut feeling. I don't know. Buyer beware, folks. That's all I'm going to tell you about Forte. Uh, well, you know they got. Well, you know they got to go. They got to go out to Pletcher now. They they ain't got Bob. They got Chad Brown on a different situation. Uh, marital uh, on a, a domestic. Now it's to Pletcher's turn. Hey man, they're coming out all all guns blazing, man. They're coming after oh, all Brad the Cox, you're na- Oh, Brad Cox, you're on the list too. They're coming after all them. Yep, yep, yep. So Charlie Trees, all those guys, it, 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 all those other guys that Santa needed, the little guys, y'all are y'all are. They're the ones laughing now, right? I mean, uh, is this a way to try to equalize things? I don't know. But, uh, you know, I know one of the big complaints about horse racing is that there's a few small number of people that take down the vast majority of the money. Uh, but, hey, man, that's that's kind of how life is, right? Like, you know, the quarterback and the top uh, left tackle, you know, the top D lineman, they take 70% of the salary cap. I mean, that's just the way the way ish is, man, you know. Uh, top 10% of real estate agents have 90% of all the sales. You know, that's just kind of the way of a capitalistic life is do better. You know, um, I'm not a big fan of trying to take them down unless they're deserving to be taken down. I think that uh, the, the top trainers are top trainers for a reason because they push the envelope a little bit. And uh, I think we kind of d- almost demand that, that they try 100%. And then we complain when they do. 
I don't know. I don't want to get into a big editorial about this uh, subject matter, but uh, for me, as long as the horses are treated well with respect and well taken care of, and I have to assume that these guys managing multi-million dollar animals are treating them better than you and I are living each and every day. Just, just a wild, wild guess, man. Mike, these horses are treated pristine compared to uh, to a human being that's sitting on Skid Row downtown Los Angeles. Seriously. Oh, for sure. Seriously. For sure. And I told you, I told you the story before. I saw George Papadramo hit a four uh, four two forty when his horse fell down at the on the stretch drive of a race, and and did not care who was in his way, and ran to the horse. He literally pushed the jockey out the way. He cares. He cares. You know, because that's his horse. Because that's that's a horse that they are heavily involved with. So you know, he cares he, a lot. You know, he, he cares a lot about half, that animal. Right. When you spend half a million dollars on that investment, oh, you're going to care. You're going to care oh, a sure. lot. You know, for I mean? sure. And, you know, they they treat, you know, they treat them very well, man. What's called? And I've seen it with my own eyes, man. So, you know, all this extra talk, all that stuff is for people who just want money. That's it. And as my father told me. Is that at the end of the day, for us fans and us people, it's just entertainment. If we're not involved in the business side of that individual and everything that's on TV that we're watching. It's just entertainment. Even when we're betting it, it's just entertainment. We don't have to, to go into, like you said, such a, 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 a narrative and a newsletter about how things are going. Let's just enjoy it while we're here. There you go. Yep. So we're uh, before the break, I said I was going to talk about who I think are uh, you know maybe the most dangerous, best teams that we haven't mentioned so far. Obviously, we had already mentioned the Rays. But the best two teams that we haven't even had a chance to speak about are the Rangers and the Astros, the Texas teams. The, the Rangers are for real. Their plus minus is the biggest differential in baseball. And that's not, that's not for any uh, fluky run. This team can bash Marcus Simeon on fire. He is in fuego. They're getting sound pitching. They can move forward without DeGrom. I don't think anybody in the right mind thought DeGrom was going to give them a full season anyways. I saw some outlandish stuff on Twitter, people saying that DeGrom is a Hall of Famer. You can't be a Hall of Famer if you haven't played a full season in your freaking life, <laughs> right? I think he's played like right. two full seasons ever. Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame talent. But um, I, I think they paid that money knowing that he's damaged goods. But kind of like we're going to pay him in the hopes that we could get like 50% of the guy, you know, and they're not even going to get that, unfortunately. But it's not slowing them down, man. I think this team is legit. I think Dusty Baker and the Astros have to be respected because they're a championship team. They've got virtually the same team as last year, minus a couple of omissions like Verlander, who is new, not doing that great with the Mets anyways. So the Astros knew what they were talking about when they uh, moved on from him and didn't want to pay him a 40, what, 41, 42-year-old, that much dough. I get it. But right now, I think the uh, the power three teams, at least in the American League, we're looking at Tampa, Texas, and Houston. I don't think there's any doubt about that uh, as of right now. And I think the big, the big two in the National League are still Atlanta and the Dodgers. 
I don't count Arizona as one of the big two. I don't count them as the big three even because the Marlins are quickly sneaking up on everybody, man. They won six in a row, eight out of their last ten. They got something kind of special going on, man. I kind of wish Derek Jeter didn't jump ship so early, Pop. This is kind of the team that he constructed. Why the hell did he bounce? Dude's impatient, man. He's got spoiled in New York, winning championships every other year. I think uh, I think he got a little impatient with this, man. I think he got a little forced out, to be honest with you, because he has such a, a, a Yankee way of doing things. And even the ownership grew, hey, man, scale that back a little bit. You know what I mean? Which is and, crazy because it's working. Obviously, the guys he brought in are now, like the trades and everything, it's now working out. Right, but they're still not. But see, you you're getting excited about them, but they're still not overtaking the Mets, in my opinion. They're playing great baseball because Lewis Aries is playing great baseball. And when you have a table setter like him who's hitting for 400 right now, it makes life a little bit easier for you. But one thing that they do have that really works out for them is they got some of the best pitching in baseball, top five in the league, straight up. You know what I mean? One of the best starting rotations in the game. But I would say that in the National League, that third team, don't forget about the Brewers. I know the Brewers play in a bad division and everything like that, but the Brewers have a lot of talent. And the Brewers do have a top five, top three pitcher in Burns. So there's a lot of things working out in their favor as well, too. And they're in a division where they're going to have to scrap a little bit to get there. They're, they're going to loom the danger when it comes to being in the playoffs this year as well, too. But, you know, I like the Marlins. You know, you kind of beat me to the punch on that one, though, Mike. But I like the Marlins as well, too. And when I look at the 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 NL East, I was did want to say, oh, man, the NL East is going to be tough like the AL East was last year because they both were tough at the same time. But I would say that the toughest division in the NL this year is probably the West because the Dodgers have been the landlord, but they got this young, precocious team chasing them. And then you have the Giants, the the lowly Giants, arch rival to the Dodgers. And then you got the slow-starting Padres. But then you, you factor in the Rockies who are just absolutely just uh, – the never-ending story. The never the day, Groundhog's Day. That's all I can say, Mike. When it comes to the uh, Colorado Rockies, is that it's just Groundhog's Day over there. But um, yeah, well, let's let's talk about the other team in Denver. Oh, the Nuggets. The, the Nuggets. Yeah, because we only have a few moments left. Uh, back to uh, uh, two two teammates get. 30-point triple-doubles, and everybody act like they seen Magic and Kareem do that shit. I mean, do that ish, too? Yeah, okay. What did you say yesterday on Twitter? Two, uh, two on five? Yeah, it looked like that. Yeah, two on five, 66 combined points. Then you go ahead and drop 20 assists, and then you go ahead and get 31 rebounds, and this is two of y'all doing this to this team? And then all you needed was an extra 43 points, and you got 15 15 from a guy that you did not expect to get 15 from. Didn't even matter that MPJ had a bad night last night. The Nuggets literally pretty much said that, you know what, whatever effort that the Heat think that they have can be their best effort, let's show you what our best effort is, and they won't be able to match that. And that's exactly what they did last night. Let me tell you something right now. It's going to be a controversial statement, but I'm going to stand by it regardless, man, okay? 
I actually think that Joker, the Joker, doesn't get the credit he's due because he's not a black American. Mm. Well, I really think that's the case. I heard, a, a, I heard a conversation between Garnett and uh, I don't remember who it was. It, it was Paul, Paul Pierce, I think. And uh, I think, I don't want to say Pierce unnecessarily, but he made the comment, man. He was like, basically like, I don't want to see him get a third MVP because I don't want him being talked about in the same breath as, as MJ and Kareem and all the, and, and uh, Wilt or whoever else had three MVPs. He's like, I don't want him to be in that Mount Rushmore because right, when somebody that- gets three MVPs, you have to. And it, it struck me. I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm like, we got some reverse racism going on here, man. And I get it. You root for what you root for. Uh, but at the same time, I think that's kind of what's going on, man. I could call it the way I see it, brother. Right. Real quick, man. I'm with you, Mike, because, look, let's keep it real. If Jokic was named, say, his name was Nick uh, Djokovic, and he was from Racine, Wisconsin, he would be considered a god in basketball. You got to understand that the great white hope, the great white hype of the NBA, you know, they've been waiting for him since Larry Bird. And if he was really American in all senses of the word, Oh, it would be Larry Bird time right now for uh, Jokic. But he's from Serbia, and, you know, Serbia is very close to Russia. So you can't really promote him as the best player in the world. No, and look, we've seen some good players from Serbia, but we, we kind of poo-poo on on uh, on just kind of like we never really are going to, like, go out of our way to show them immense love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. that's, just, that's just the way it is. You know, even like the the Frenchies that have come over, you know, uh, we we like them, you know, like the Tony Parkers uh, and and this rookie that's going to be coming into the league. We like them definitely more than the the Serbs. That's kind of down the list. But I do think that there's some reverse reverse racism going on there. Just calling it the way I see it, man. They like the French guys because they can dominate the French guys. The only good guy from France was Tony Parker. Keep it real. And Boris Duell. That's that's fair enough, Pop. Hey, we're yep. up against the clock, folks. Yep. We gotta, we gotta head out here. Two to one series lead for the Nuggets. We should have a champion hopefully by next Thursday. I think the Nuggets will close it out. Good luck on your Belmont plays. Good luck on all your baseball plays and with your teams. Thank you for listening. Thank you, for Voice America. Thank you for all the people involved. Thank you, Pop Tibiasi. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.